Ruth chapter number one and uh, verse, uh, let's begin reading and verse number 14. The Bible said, and they lifted up their voice and wept again, and Orpha kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clave unto her. And she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law has gone back unto her people and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following thee. For whither thou goest, I will go, and whither thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God, my God. Where thou diest, I will die. And there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if all but death part thee and me. And when she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. So they went until they came to Bethlehem, and it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem that all the city was moved about them, and they said, Is this Naomi? Father, so about your wonderful presence. Thank you for this place, these people. Thank you for the privilege it is to stand once again in this pulpit at the Bible Baptist Church. Now, Father, I need your help this morning. You're the only one that can take preaching and make it what it ought to be and what it needs to be. So, Lord, I pray you'd give me the grace of God and the power of God, Lord, to, uh, to be able to lift this congregation up to you today. And, God, you'd minister to their hearts. And, Father, you know every burdened heart, every broken heart, every backslid heart. Lord, you know these young people. Lord, my burden these days is for the young people. Lord, you knew, Lord, that when we scheduled the meeting that we wouldn't be able to have it. Now, Father, I pray you'd take, Lord, these few feeble thoughts I'm fixing to give you people. And I pray you'd burn it in their hearts. And I pray, Lord, they'd be forevermore changed for the glory of God. Lord, we wouldn't leave this place bragging on the preacher or bragging on the preaching, but Lord, we'd leave with our eyes lifted unto thee like never before. Lord, I pray you'd help Brother Grabley fill him in and on him, help Sister Nolita. You'd fill her and on her. God, you'd bless them. Lord, you'd, you'd uh, nurse them back to good health soon and very soon. We'll bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. I will not take the time to labor a lengthy introduction. I'm going to take it for granted that you know the Word of God, that you know this story of the book of Ruth and briefly how that a man got out of God's will, went to Moab, and he wasn't supposed to, and and a famine came, and we're going to have seasons of famines, but the famine isn't always a sign for us to leave, and especially to get out of God's will. And he takes his two boys and his wife down there. They marry two girls. Those boys end up dying, and daddy ends up dying. They died out of the will of God. And so Mama Naomi decides she's going back to Bethlehem, Judah. She's heard that the Lord has visited his people and given them bread. And I think that's the best news anybody could ever hear is that God showed up. That'd be our prayer today, that God would show up and show out and breathe on his people and bless us. Oh, that's why we came today. We didn't come to be seen. We didn't come necessarily to be heard, but we came to meet with God. So she tells her daughter-in-laws, I'm going back home, y'all stay here. Orpha decides she's gonna take her up on it and she kissed her mother-in-law and she kissed the grace of God goodbye uh, for her life. Ended up dying without God and going to hell. Uh, but then we've got this uh, young lady by the name of Ruth. Uh, she said, well, if Bethlehem Judah's good enough for you, it's good enough for me. And if your God's good enough for you, he's good enough for me. And she said, I'm going. And our text this morning is when that she saw, verse number 18, that she was steadfastly minded. Ruth 
done made her mind up, come hell or high water, I'm going with you, Naomi. She done made her mind up, I'm going with God. And for a little while this morning, I want to preach on this thought. I've made up my mind. Neighbor, I tell you what, we need some young people that you'll make your mind up, you're going with God. That you're going to give it all to God. That you're going to live for God. That you're going to live right, do right, dress right, walk right. That you're going to marry right. That you're going to stay in a good church. And that you're going to walk with Almighty, the sovereign God, all the days of your life now. I must testify just for a brief moment, I do not regret one mile. That night on a Wednesday night when I got on an altar and gave my all and all to Jesus, amen, I don't regret that decision one bit. Thank God I'm glad I got saved and I'm glad I sold out. It's been worth every heartache, every trial, every valley, every hurt, every sleepless night. I'd rather have Jesus as I would anything today. I'd rather have his approval. I'd rather have his touch. So you go to have to come to a place in your life that you're going to make your mind up you're going with God. That word steadfastly in our text, it just simply means to be strong. It means to be alert. It means to be courageous. It means to be bold. It means to be solid. It means to be secure. Make firm. Be determined. We need some young people, not just young people, us older people too, need to be determined and they ain't going to nothing sway us from walking with God and serving Jesus. Somebody say amen right there. Now, can I borrow a phrase from your pastor this morning? If you boys don't say amen at least 50 times today, ain't none of you's right with God, all right? Thank God. Let's go to meeting this morning. She made up her mind, number one today, to leave her caskets in Moab. She made up her mind. I'm not dragging my past with me up there to Bethlehem, Judah. And neighbor, I don't know what you got in your past, but you're gonna have to leave it there. We got too many Baptists trying to drag her past around. Neighbor, I'm telling you, Jesus buried our past. Amen. She's left her caskets in Moab. She's experienced three deaths in the land of Moab. And these three deaths must take place in the conversion of a sinner. Her husband was dead. That meant her head died. Amen. According to Ephesians 5, the Savior's death, our head is, is our life in his resurrection. Her dad-in-law died. That meant her honor died. Of that name. But then her brother-in-law died. That meant a hope died. Amen. Back them days, amen. If you if your husband died, you married his brother. Some of y'all ought to say, Amen. We ain't still doing that. Because you married the one you married on purpose and not his brother for a reason. Can I get an amen right there? But brother, that's the way it was. But now this brother is dead. Amen. And and she ain't got no hope. But there's one thing that did not die in this text, and that was Naomi. And Naomi was her help. And I'm glad that God has God help to help a lost sinner find the way to Calvary, find the way to God, find the way to the grace of God, and God didn't leave her without any help. She's buried her past. Note the Savior's death. Amen. We've got to die to self, die to sin. That's part of sinners being saved. Amen. The great thing about leaving the caskets in Moab is that's where the Lord buried Moses and the devil couldn't even find Moses' body. Brother, I'd like to, I would stop right there and preach on Jesus buried my past. Thank God it's gone never to be remembered. Now you may be like I am. These things happened in my life before I got saved. I'm still ashamed of. I 
still bless when I think or hear about it, uh, uh, but I'm reminded uh, of the children of Israel when they crossed the Red Sea and uh, boy, the waters got up on the, on the Egyptians and killed every one of them and the Bible said that their bodies washed up on the shore. I can imagine one of them Israelite boys uh, going over and saying, Daddy, ain't that the one that put the scars on your back? Ain't that the one that cussed you out in front of Mama the other day? And that daddy saying, yes. That little boy look up at him and say, Daddy, he won't be cussing you anymore. He won't be beating you anymore. Our past for the child of God has no power over us. It has no authority over us. So the next time the devil tries to remind you of what you used to be, why don't you remind him of where he's going and get the victory over your past? Amen to God. She turned her back on everything she'd ever been. She turned her back on Moab. She turned her back on her lifestyle. She turned her back on her God. You know what we call that? We call that good old-fashioned repentance. The Bible said, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Amen. The Bible said that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. In spite of what these liberal ecumenical preachers are preaching in our day, and I would advise you not to even listen to them. Amen. They say that repentance wasn't for the Gentiles, only for the Jews. I got a good Japanese word for that where I come from and it's called hoggywashy. Ain't God, you gonna repent? Are you gonna burn in hell? It's still turn and burn, good neighbor. Amen. If you don't repent of your sins, you'll die without God and go to hell. She had to turn her back on everything that she was. Amen. Amen. Boy, I'll never forget the night I got saved. I had to turn all of it. I didn't have time to confess everything I'd done. I didn't have time to confess everywhere I'd been. All I know to do is tell God how low down dirty and rotten I was. Ask him to forgive me my sins. And good neighbor, he did. I went home that night and poured my beer out, poured my liquor out. Ain't been the same since. Don't want to be the same. Somebody say, John, did you quit drinking? Absolutely not. I just changed fountains. Amen. I got another spout where the glory runs out. Thank God I'm drinking from a well that'll never run dry. Oh, yes, friend, I'm drinking some of that river, that water out of the river of life. Thank God ain't never gonna die. Amen. Ain't never gonna run out. Satisfied, satisfied by the grace of God. Amen. That'd make a Presbyterian kick a back end of his choir robe out. You boys ain't even said amen twice, much less 50 times. I'm on you this morning now. Amen. She had to repent. But now she's heading toward Moab or Bethlehem, Judah, rather. She's repented, turned her back. But now she's turned her face toward Bethlehem, Judah. She's turned her place toward Calvary, toward God, toward the blood, toward the gospel. Amen. She had never been there before. She could not go on what she had seen. All she had seen was a backslid man, woman, and two boys. Amen. And boy, but now she's having to solely by faith go to that land she had never been to before. I don't know about you, but tonight I got saved. I'd never seen him. I'd never seen a cross. I'd never seen heaven. I still ain't seen the street of gold. But I put my faith, amen, not, not in a fictitious story, but in a Savior that's real. And I was acting on what I heard. And the Bible says, that faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And we don't base what we got on our feelings, our goose pimples, or our hair standing up. But I promise you 
one thing. You ever put your faith in God, he'll let you feel him every once in a while. You'll know his presence. You'll know his power. Great God. Amen. She put her faith. Amen. She, that's all she has, what she had heard. Now, when she left her caskets and when she left her past, Amen, and I hope ain't nobody here today. You go, hey, and youngins, I don't, you ain't lived too long to really have much of a past. But they're liable to be something happened in your life. You can learn to get victory over that past and learn to get victory over that sin and confess your sin and walk on for the glory of God. Amen. Now she's left it all. And in chapter number two, we find that she meets Boaz for the first time. And when she gets there, oh, don't let me get ahead of myself. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. When she's leaving, when she is leaving Moab to go to Bethlehem, Judah. Who in the world is she following? She ain't following her daddy-in-law. She ain't following her husband. That has died to her. She is bound no more by the law, but she still refers to Naomi as her mother-in-law. What got her out of Moab? It was the law of God. The law of God's our schoolmaster that it bring us to Christ. Amen. The law ain't never saved nobody, but I'll tell you what it did. It took us to somebody that could save us. Amen. Amen. The law said we condemned. But the grace said you're forgiven. The law said you're going to hell. But grace said we're going to heaven. And the same Bible that condemned us is the same Bible that set us free in the grace of God. Glory. Hallelujah. Thank God the law. I didn't like it when I heard it. Did you? Did you shout when you found out you was going to hell? Did you say, oh, I'm a sinner? Woo, hallelujah. People that do like that, we got a good word for them where I come from. They're dipsticks, okay? And I, mean, I didn't shout when I, I look back on it and rejoice about it right now. But when the law condemned me and I seen I was without Christ, when the law said that drunkards is going to hell, well, I didn't rejoice about that. When the law said that any sin you can name up, maybe you was an adulterer and you found out your law was condemning you and your life was condemning you, did you get excited when you found that out? I've seen many a men, women, boys, and girls get convicted in the heart and God show them they're wrong and watch their countenance fall, watch them have to make a decision. But you know what uh, Ruth is doing you know whether whether you can get me another husband or not I'm following you out of here it may be law but I'm going and you know what Orpha did she made a decision she wasn't going to follow that law no more but old Naomi or Ruth rather she said I don't care I'll submit to the demands of the law I don't care what I got to do and if you ever get to the place where you made your mind up neighbor it won't matter what God tells you to do it won't matter what God demands out of you, you'll be glad to do it. Yeah. Amen. Hey man, she followed the law now. The law took her and she just happened to find this field. It wasn't by circumstance, it wasn't by chance. It was the perfect will of God and the grace of Almighty God that brought her to this field. Amen. She just happened to find Boaz. And, and when she found him, and they, they court and later on get married. Uh, neighbor, you know what happened? Everybody she buried in chapter number one got resurrected in chapter number two. And they all got resurrected in one man. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Amen. She goes into a field that has been planted. Now the Bible said, verily, verily, I say unto you, John 12, 24, except a corn of wheat fall on the ground and die. Do you know what happened in this field? Neighbor, she has walked into a field where every seed at one time fell in the ground and died. She didn't come during that time of her life. She came during the harvest time. She came after that resurrection. She came during the gathering time. So you know what she's doing? She's standing on resurrection ground. She left the graveyard and was standing on graveyard ground. But now she's standing on resurrection ground and everything that had died in her past got resurrected in Boaz. She didn't have to have three men to take their place. All she needed was one man. Neighbor, I'm going to tell you everything you turned your back on when you got saved. Jesus filled that position with a positive thing. Somebody say amen right there. The devil was your leader. Now Jesus is your leader. The devil was our father. Now Jesus and God's our father. Somebody say amen right there. Here she is on resurrection ground. And since December the 31st, 1995, when I knelt and the blood fell, every step I'll take. I'm standing on resurrection ground. So next time you take an ocean and go do something you ain't supposed to, don't forget you're standing on resurrection ground. It might not be physically, but spiritually in your heart, you know that's the truth. Amen to God. I made my mind that she's left her caskets. Amen. She's got this. Her hope is resurrected. Amen. On and on we could go. Let's move on to the next point. Amen. She made her mind up. You're going to leave your caskets in Moab? Absolutely. Number two, chapter two. He reaches her some parched corn. I won't take time to read the verse. He, uh, he, uh, she made her mind up to eat the corn that he gave her. Now, I don't know how many of you parents are sick of this little thing I'm fixing to tell you as I am. If you want to get me upset, you let my wife go in the kitchen and cook a good meal, and then the youngins snarl their nose up at it and not eat it. Don't that make you just want to slap that youngin across the floor? Amen to God. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't care. Eat it or get whipped, then eat it. Eat your green beans. What the green beans are good? I don't like it. I don't care if you don't like it. Put some salt on it and eat it anyhow. Green beans. Eat your cornbread. Something's wrong with somebody that don't like cornbread. I'm too good. Y'all picking up what I'm putting down for you? You're picky. You're going to hurt yourself when you get picky on God. And God puts something in your lap and on your plate at the table of the grace of God and you decide not to eat it. <laughs> Neighbor, I'm telling you, ain't nothing like feasting on what God gives us to feast. <laughs> well, amen. Oh, Brother John, I just ain't getting fed. It's cause you ain't eating. You read your Bible every day and spend time on your knees. God will feed you. 
There's food in the Bible, food at church, food in the Word of God. Amen. But when, when she ate, amen, the Bible says uh, that, uh, and she sat. When she ate, she ate with rest. Amen. God, he's got a way of getting us to sit down long enough to get something to eat. Sometimes you got to eat on the run. Sometimes you're running late, got to run through the drive-thru. Eat it going down the road. Get food all over your suit and tie. Go to the bathroom before you get in church. Take a, take a Wash your clothes real good. Get up and preach. I've done it a hundred million times. Amen. But I'm glad with God. We ain't going through no drive-thru. Ain't going through no fast food. Amen. You come down and get you some rest. And while you rest, you can eat. Amen, boy. But then she got to sit down with the reapers. Amen. Hadn't God let us sit with some reapers in our days? I seen Sister Kate back here this morning and I said, glory to God. For that old time man of God that God let her be married to. Amen. God let us sit at the feet of Brother Berman Cape and Brother Sammy Allen and Brother Stinnett Blue. Hey, God has let us sit with some very important people and some reapers. So young people, when you get to be around a man of God or his wife, count it an honor that God has let you sit with reapers. You can't be your pastor, boys, but you ought to grab a hold of his coattail and follow him everywhere he goes. Girls, you can't be your pastor's wife, but you ought to grab a hold of her coattail and follow her everywhere she goes. Amen. Find you some old time saint of God that loves God and walks with God and just rejoice that God lets you sit with the reapers. Can I get a witness right there? Amen, boy. But then, uh, amen, she was uh, uh, she was getting to eat and it was within reach. They reached her some parts corn. He ain't gonna put a carrot on the end of a stick with a string, hang it out over your head and trying to lead you along like a mule. He'll put the food down right there where you can reach it and get you some. Somebody say amen right there. Oh, but then watch this. Now, it don't bother me to be in the cornfield and yank off a near corn and pull, a, pull, uh, pull, the, pull the husk off in the silk and just kind of rub it off and eat it raw like that. Hey, Amen. That don't bother me one bit. But I'll tell you right now, when it's cooked, it's a whole lot better. Say amen. Hey, Amen. Get that stuff good and hot. Take that butter and put it on it and watch it melt. Put your little salt. It's good. I don't know why I'm preaching on food so much this morning. I guess I'm hungry, all right? And uh, Amen. I got one amen right there. About time you woke up Brother Harris. Amen. Thank God yes. <laughs> Woo! But anyhow <laughs> I couldn't resist that brother. I love you real good. We'll eat after church alright. I think Brian's buying everybody lunch today okay. But anyhow thank God it was cooked. Hey, bet God ain't gonna give you some kind of leftover. That's why you men of God, us men of God that's why we gotta pray. That's why we gotta prepare. Amen. And every time we get in the pulpit. Give them the best we got. This half-cooked stuff ain't getting the job done. Aren't you glad you got a pastor that'll pray and study and feed the flock of God? Now, I'm doing a feeble job at my best this morning, but I want to put some food on the table. Amen. Don't you eat what this world's got. Kids, you don't want Jim Beam and Jack Daniels. You don't want meth. You don't want crack. You don't want pornography. You don't want the uh, the drama. You don't want the per, uh, the pornography. You don't want the fornication or the adultery. You don't want it. Amen. Y'all have seen them come. Y'all have seen them go. 26 years of being in the ministry. And brother, I tell you, I do my best to get as plugged in with the young people as I can. There's several reasons. One of them, we're on the same level, okay? Amen. I'll be honest about it. I refuse to grow up. Amen. I'm having a good time 
back. But, but this next generation is coming on. Man, y'all need to preach too. Y'all need to fall in love with God. And you need to know that you don't need to be like others. We've seen enough people come through. We've seen enough young people. Well, whatever the background was, off the streets, come through, made a profession, lasted about two years. Now they're back out in the world. Hey, we've seen young people that got a good mom and daddy that brought them to the house of God, that loved God, that prayed, and that crowd got to feasting on the world and neighbor, here they are. They're gone, they're out, and they're eating what the wild's got. You look up in here, your mom and daddy's trusted you with a cell phone, I'm sure, some of you. And they've trusted you with access to the internet. What in the world are you looking at when there ain't nobody else watching? What have you got hid in your phone that you're confident mom and daddy can't find it? I'm about due to do this. I believe when I get home, and if my children would listen to this message, and I don't know if they will or not, check daddy out online. Are we online, I guess? It don't matter. I don't care. Hey, man, I ain't going to change my message either way. But uh, I think I'm going to go home tonight, and I'm going to walk up and get all three of them in, in the house. They got their license. We want them to have uh, the ability to communicate with me and the mom in case something goes wrong. But I think I'm going to walk up in the house tonight and confiscate all their phones and I'm going to sit there right in front of them and I'm going to go through everything they got. Boy, it got quiet right there. Are you so scared of your children that you're not going to go in their room and say, let's find out what you got on the mattress. Let's find out if you got something hit. Well, don't you trust me? Yeah, we trust you, but we want to make sure that everything's all right. I, I, I get sick of this. Uh, when, when, when the children go home, well, the first thing they want to do is go in the room and shut the door and not be around anybody. What in the world you hiding? What you got here? Hey, man, your mama might not know about it. Your daddy might not know about it. I'll tell you right now, young people, there's an all-seeing God that sees everything you are, that sees everything you got. Why you get nervous when your mom and daddy ask you what you've been into? I mean, you think we're idiots. I know you do. I know all, I know all you children know so much more than your mom and daddy. It ain't even funny. I mean, y'all are so smart. You know how to raise a family, don't you? You know how to be the model wife, don't you? Oh, you know how to be daddy, don't you, boys? Y'all got it all figured out. One of these days, a light switch is going to come on, and you're going to find out how smart your mom and daddy really was and really is. And when they uh, guided you to do something that you wanted to do, and you've done it anyways, and you do it long enough, and you keep falling on your face, you're going to stand up scratch your head. So you know what? Daddy was right. You ought to go ahead and get that in your heart right now. That God gave you God the mom and daddies. That God gave you God the pastor. That God put you in a good church to help mold you and to make you and to lead you and to guide you. And if your mama says, stay away from that girl, stay away from her. And if your daddy says, stay away from that boy, you better stay away from her. But he's so good looking. So what? Looks don't pay bills. <laughs> you heard the old saying when we're broke, what am I going to do, buy it on my good looks? <laughs> I'm 46. I ain't never had that happen yet. <laughs> don't think I ain't tried neither. <laughs> hey! 
be feeding on the world. Simple, simple preaching. If you will take that Bible you got in your lap right now, son. How old are you? Twelve years old. How old are you now? Twelve. Two twelve-year-olds. If you boys will take that precious gift you got sitting in your lap, that Bible, and read through it at least once a year, read it every day, get you a secret place. Don't let it just be, I'm young and sensitive and I'm innocent right now, so I'm going to do what I know I'm supposed to do. Just, no, fall in love with it. And make your mind up when you're 18 and when you're 20 and temptation comes along, and I promise you the devil's going to send some girl down your way. I promise you it's going to happen. Your mom and daddy got red flags. You got red flags. If you'll stay tuned in to God, you'll know what's right and you'll know what's wrong. And you follow the leadership of the Holy Ghost. And don't feed on the world. Don't be feeding on that country music. Don't be feeding on that rock and roll music. Don't be feeding on that rap music. Somebody say amen right there. I mean, unto the Lord, you ain't got no business listening to Hank Williams Jr., Conway Twitty, George Jones, Merle Hager. Y'all ain't never none of them. That's what I grew up on. Amen. Yeah, I don't know none of the new ones, but a bunch of, hell, amen. They're wicked and ungodly and full of the devil up to the God-given eyeballs. And why in the world do you want to listen to some fornicating, adultery-committing pervert sing, amen, sing them old gospel songs. Amen. And this ain't hard preaching. This is right preaching, Bible preaching. She's feeding at the table of the grace of God. I hate to say this, but I know what the world's food tastes like. I know what it smells like. And never I'd rather sit at the table of God's grace and feast on the rich eyes and the food that God's got. You don't have to be a drunk to get saved. I heard a preacher one time say, well, I'll tell you what them youngest problems is, is preaching to Christian school kids and kids that ain't never been out. I tell you what your problem is. You just ain't been out in the world far enough. And until you do, you ain't going to get saved. I walked out of that place and I said, Lord, ain't no way. I'm going to believe that. And I made sure, I made sure the next time he heard me preach that what he had preached was wrong. That's our responsibility, straighten out air. I wasn't rude about it, mean about it, but I said it loud enough where they could hear it. You ain't got to be a fornicator. You ain't got to be a doper. You ain't got to be a drunkard. All you got to do is get good and lost. And you go to the same cross I did. Get saved from the same hell I did. Washed in the same blood I did. Hallelujah. Thank God. Hey, man, that's why you got to keep it clean, church. When a man of God gets up and preaches against everything, give him a raise. These kids need a clean environment. They need a pure church. We need to keep it right. Can I get a witness? Great God, there's good liberty to preach. See, you, you say, I can't get nothing that you ain't reaching for. It was roasted. It refreshed her. And you know what she did when she got done eating it? She went back to the field. So that's why you got to eat, because it'll give you something to work on, buddy. It'll keep you strong. Spiritually, our churches are declining. Spiritually, our preaching is declining. I mean, there's still a handful of men, Brother Steve, that'll preach it like we used to hear it all the time 25, 30 years ago.
But you ain't hearing it like that much anymore. Somebody done got mad. Old Brother James Jones Jr. from Harriman, Tennessee said it the best I ever heard it. He said, I'd pastor, and when these kids were young, and they wasn't teenagers, and I'd really let her rip. He said the congregation would come to me and pat me on the back and say, that a boy, that a boy, that a boy, that a boy. He said when they turned teenagers and I started preaching to their children then, they quit saying that a boy and started saying, whoa, boy, whoa, back off. I tell you something, you better give your children to preaching. You better give your children to God. You better, oh, but it's going to hurt their feelings. I'd rather see their feelings get hurt. Right now, while they're young, is to see them laying in a ditch out there with liquor on their breath. As to see them walking the streets. As to see them in some liberal, ecumenical, non-denominational church somewhere. I'd rather, oh, God help us. She made up her mind. Lastly, I'm done, I'm done. Preach the burden of my heart. You leave your caskets. Eat the corn, children. Eat it. But lastly, chapter 3, verse number 7, chapter 3, verse number 14, the Bible said, well, Boaz is eat, eating and drunk. His heart was merry, and he went to lie down at the end of the heap of corn. And she came softly and uncovered his feet and laid her down. She made her mind up. She's going to curl up at his feet. I couldn't think of a better place to be these days. If I don't preach, if you don't get anything I have preached thus far in this service this morning, would you please get this point? Curl up at his feet. We have got to get close to God, people. As a preacher, I got to quit catching myself, but Sam, we got to quit catching ourselves only studying to preach. We have got to maintain our personal devotion time. Had a man ask me, talked to him the other day. I wouldn't call his name, wouldn't embarrass him. He's a dear friend of mine. He said, Brother John, he said, preaching to me here lately has just been a job. It's just been a chore. He said, I remember the days when it was fun and enjoyable. And I just simply asked him, I said, how's your personal devotion time? If we'll quit studying because we have to and start studying because we want to, then we can have revival. I don't want what God's given me as a responsibility to become a, 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 a dreary thing in my life. God, help us to have joy. And boy, you know, she's going in a place she wasn't supposed to be. But she came softly. She came boldly. He later on told her, said, uh, don't let it be known that a woman came into the threshing floor. She came in knowing that she could have gotten in trouble. She came in knowing she wasn't rebellious. But she knew he was her only hope. Neighbor, when you come to God, you come softly. You come boldly. You don't come arrogant. She didn't go in there and yank a, yank a blanket off of him and say, get up. No, she just laid down at his feet. And she waited, waited through the night for an answer, a dark time in her life to say the least. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to take. There's going to be times in your life, children, and you don't know what to do. You don't know. 
You, you just don't know. Don't forget the last marching orders you got. Don't forget them. You're going to curl up at his feet. Our musicians have come this morning. We'll just start playing something softly, get us a song together. You're going to make your mind up. We see her nature. We see her nearness to him. We see her need is met. But then we see a night that she has just made it through. You're going to make your mind up. You're going to give it all to God. Let him have every bit of it.